Ladies and gentlemen, Crystal Clear Industries, in association with Rhinestone Radio Podcasts, is proud to present Old Hollywood Realness. Brought to you in vibrant podcastoscope for your listening pleasure. Join your hosts Kathleen Null and Philip Estrada as they recap Hollywood's dazzling darlings one film at a time. And now, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the program. <laughs> Hello, Kathleen. Hello, Philip. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. And hello, audience. Hello, welcome back. Welcome back to Old Hollywood Realness. This it's is fall. The, this is the podcast that celebrates oh, yeah. all the glitz and glamour of Tinseltown's golden era. Also that. It's weird singing. <laughs> <laughs> and Kathleen, you are correct. It is fall. It's officially fall. And the mm-hmm. pumpkins are coming out. The weather's changing. The clouds are moving in. And the Pacific Northwest is becoming a giant rainstorm. Yay. Yes. <laughs> Seasonal affective disorder is a thing, apparently. And it's full effect. <laughs> and it affects some of us more than others. <laughs> Am I crying? <laughs> Sorry. It's like laughing through the tears, y'all. Because laughter takes the power away from the pain and darkness. Yeah. But do you know what's, what's right just around the corner, Kathleen? Oh, my God. Are you talking about it, Halloween? It's Halloween. Oh, yeah. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. Air horn noise. Oh, it's like 90s Halloween. <laughs> Shock jam starts playing. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. So um, music factory. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like <laughs> things that make you go, mm. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what okay first of all sidebar before we even get into it can we talk about how good the song what song i recently revisited only because it was they play it at the gym every once in a while is yes. um good vibrations by marky mark and the funky punch oh yes yeah that song is so good if you have not listened to that film or song go immediately to youtube and put that on and turn the volume all the way up and you th- feel you're it, welcome. Feel it. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Talking good pop rituals. <laughs> so good. <laughs> it's so good. Oh my god. Um. Any hoozy, what's it? <laughs> We're not here to talk about Mark Wahlberg's this early is career. Gym songs with Philip Estrada and Gilmore. Jim jams. <laughs> what Workout soundtrack with Philip and Kathleen. <laughs> <laughs> Where we review songs for the gym. Um, no. <laughs> it's a subtle combination of music like that and like show tunes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, anywho, but we're actually here because we are super excited about Halloween. At least I am yes. very much so. I am too. Yeah. That's why we're kindred spirits. It is our favorite holiday. And speaking of spirits, we're starting the Ookie Spooky Dookie series. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Basically, this is just. Uh, this is just us celebrating October early and calling it a series and being able to use the words spooky, ooky, and dooky. Yes. <laughs> I figured you were going for a naming convention that was said something cultured yet approachable. Yes. <laughs> so what does it more than dookie? <laughs> You're so like, how can we use the word dookie in something yes. for a theme? <laughs> we work backwards. Yes. <laughs> I've always wanted to I've always wanted to become a house DJ and I've always wanted my name to be DJ Spooky Dookie. <laughs> but, you know, I gave that dream up years ago. Um, anywho, so we are here to talk about a Halloween themed movie. So the next three yep. f- movies in our um in our uh, series will be all Halloween themed and I'm very excited about it. Me so, too. Starting off, we're just going to start off with a giant cannon bang with the movie The Mummy. <laughs> yeah. Woo! From, pew, pew, pew. Woo! So, um, 1932 from Universal Pictures. This is one of the mm-hmm. OG movies um, in the uh, movie Universal Monster series. So, That's very right. excited about that. Kathleen, do you have a history with The Mummy? 
Oh, do I? <laughs> What's your history with Mimi? <laughs> it's only one of my most favorite movies of all time. I'm just saying. Oh. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> As uh, I have to say, like, a little kid me, like, you know how you always, like, you have these dreams of, like, what you want to do when you grow up. And mm-hmm. I, little nerdy me wanted to be an Egyptologist in that oh. I wanted to be Indiana Jones. I just figured it was something close to that. And, like... It was like a cross between a National Geographic documentary and Indiana Jones. I'm like, this is how I want my life to be. Like, that's uh, a viable option, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Thankfully, I had parents who nurtured that by getting me books on ancient Egypt. And back in the day when I used to go to a library, I would look up all kinds of stuff like this. So I've always really been into like um, ancient Egyptian or just Egyptian history in general. Um, And uh, and then but I didn't I don't think I I actually really don't think I saw this movie until we had we had this on VHS like in the early, early 90s. I think we had like like the trilogy of like the we had Frankenstein, Dracula and the mummy. And, uh, and I think the Wolfman, like I think I want to say it was like a box mm-hmm. set or something. And so that was where I really first remember like watching it and thinking about it. And even then being like, this is not historically accurate. That is not, um, <laughs> that is not the right representation of Bast or Isis. You know, like, wait For a real? minute. Wait, oh yeah. Oh, even, oh no, I was an asshole. Even, I was like, excuse me, excuse me. This is, this is fabulous, but. Um, those aren't, that's not the right, um, that's not the right you, mythology. W- wait, were you an um technically even back then? <laughs> no, 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 I didn't, no, I wasn't um tech. Actually, I'd never really been like that, but just, I remember in that, in that, in my mind being like, oh, wait, this isn't what I've read in books, but I'll, I'll roll with it. I'll roll with it. Like I knew, okay. like I'm smart enough <laughs> to know, okay, well, like obviously it's entertainment, but yeah, it would never, your battles. Like, it never, st- yeah, exactly. Like, I think this is a perfect example of like knowing full well, this is not like, this is what we would call fast and loose with history. Uh, loose very loose with history but that's okay like it's still I, I still love it I love this movie so much it's just really great um it's still like I'm, I'm not gonna lie like um I think it's actually a very sad movie um it, it always made me very misty at the end when the mummy dies I'd always mm-hmm. felt really bad for the mummy I'm but I, I feel like that about kind of a lot of these monster characters like you oh, I yeah, feel a lot of empathy for them um but I I thought I, I just I love this movie so much. The story is so amazing, and also this was sort of one of my gateway movies as far as like knowing I wanted to make clothes and costumes because I love the, that bias cut dress that she wears. Like that was the, that I was mean. sort of my entree into like what is that? People wore that, and how do I make that? Like I just exactly. I, that that got me like really fascinated with like bias cut gowns. So that was like that dress to me is very iconic. So. And um, yeah, so I, it is. It's just I love, love, love this movie. I've just it's one of my favorites. I know it very well. So what about you, though? <laughs> well, let's see my history with this film. Um, I don't think that I've actually seen it prior to this viewing. I'm trying to think if I actually did see it during my years at the th- years at the movie cinema video store (laughs) Um, I don't think that this one actually came across my path I did definitely watch the OG Dracula the OG Mm -hmm. Frankenstein and I agree with you those movies are kind of like tragic figures especially Frankenstein Frankenstein like really kind of tears up my heartstrings a little bit every time I watched it and you know I was just like he didn't you know my whole theory thing with with that was is like he didn't ask to be made like nobody like nobody asked his permission so so It's just sort of like, you know, you can't help who you are sort of thing. And it's very Mm -hmm. interesting. And, you know, uh, there's also this other movie, too, that was from the late 90s with Brendan Fraser and Ian McKellen called um, Of Gods and Monsters. Did you oh, see yes. that movie? Oh, um, it was so yes. good. Which <laughs> references good. a lot of that sort of like Frankenstein myth and stuff and all because mm-hmm. it was about the guy who created, who either directed or did the special effects makeup for the um, Frankenstein monster. It has been a while since I've seen it, but I remember it being a very good film as well. But so this was my first viewing of The Mummy and I did thoroughly enjoy it. Um, I love these sort of like early horror films and they're how kind of like, and I've seen some other horror films recently. I've seen like, Mad Love with Peter Laurie and like the, mm-hmm. the Black Cat and um, the like the Bat and some other it's, it's like like the early Vincent Price recently mm-hmm. and I've seen there was a couple other ones that I saw that were just like and that were I forget like Cat People I think and some and um, there was the one with Bela Lugosi where he 
was portrays a vampire or something, but he's not. A, it's like a whole thing. I forget. It was like an MGM. Their their entree mm-hmm. into horror, and it was like it was really good. And um, but these early horror films are so interesting because they haven't really gotten to like this jump scares or anything like that. They're more just creepy than anything, which I I kind of enjoy. A I lot. do too. Just kind of seeing, yeah. just it's kind of fabulous seeing, storytelling. Yeah. Like it great, is, great and also story. it's good to see sort of like the evolution of cinema as well because yes. you know you just can't help but compare it to like newer versions of movies and stuff and how how kind of storytelling and like storytelling through visuals have changed so much it's actually Mm -hmm. this is kind of like a wonderful timepiece to watch you know so yeah that's my history with it and i do agree with you because when we first started talking about doing the ookie spooky dookie series (laughs) um Cultural, yeah, culture. Culture, <laughs> culture. Um, we were talking about doing an old horror movie, and this one kind of come up, and we were kind of talking about it's mm-hmm. maybe doesn't have the looks, you know, like doesn't bring the Hollywood realness, the glamour. Yes. Um, but it actually really did. Like, I was mm-hmm. surprised because once Zita Johan um, came on screen, I was just like, yes, queen. And then she yes. put on her little fur shrug, and I was like, yes, queen. Like, yes, come on. I know, right? Like, she was killing the looks. <laughs> Like, that's the thing is not, there's not a lot of looks but they're concentrated and like what you get yes. you're just like and also I gotta it. say like Boris Karloff's Imhotep character too had like a lot yes. of really um, when he was playing when he was kind of like Pat, Art of he, Bay yeah, our, mm-hmm. yeah when he was um, in like in disguise later on and all of that and mm-hmm. it was like some really good looks so he had some interesting kind of like faux Egyptian kind of like looks which mm-hmm. I thought were really really cool and then also I think even when they did the flashbacks he had some interest they did a really good oh, job of, sure. of like doing you know clearly it wasn't going to be um, period accurate because they didn't understand they probably didn't mm-hmm. have like the research on how to do that in the 1932 uh, but I think they did a really good job of making it look like it was sort of like from the hieroglyphics and stuff like that. So Oh, for sure. Good I think they did y'all. a great job. And it's yeah. it's like let's face it, it is it is the benchmark for all mummy movies. Like anything mm-hmm. from yeah. that. You're just it everything. Like it sets yeah. the bar for everything. And it is like patient zero for that like inspiration and mm-hmm. I love it. I think it's still like it's still haunting and beautiful and like I said, like yeah, you know, again, fast and loose with history, but I don't give a of fuck. Course. It is yeah. wonderful and beautiful and and yeah, she, I thought um, Zita Johan was really great. Um, I really enjoyed like reading uh, deeper into the movie when like mm. in watching it for this. Um, I, um, it actually made me love the movie even more. Even reading about like some shitty things, like there were shitty things, but then there were also really amazing things. And um, like, uh, I think that like uh, Zita Johan, she, um, she was actually a theater actress, like, mm. like big time cultured theater actress from the East Coast. And she um, ended up in this picture because she was under contract and had already been paid to do a picture, but that had been canceled. And so she, that's how she ended up doing the mummy. And then, um, right. And then the, and then the director, this was his first crack at being a director. He was more of like the cinematographer, Carl Frund. And yeah. So let me, before we get too deep into it, I should probably run through the main characters. So you got Boris Karloff. He plays Imhotep, the, the, the mummy, uh, Zita, Johan plays Helen, um, Gross Venner. Uh, David Manners plays Frank Wemple. Um, Arthur Byron plays Sir Joseph Wemple, his father. Um, Edward von Sloan plays Dr. Muller. Bramwell Fletcher plays Ralph Norton. Um, Noble Johnson plays the Nubian, who is sort of his um, Frank Wemple's like uh, manservant. Uh, mm-hmm. Catherine Byron plays Frau Muller. Um, Leonard Maudie plays the Professor Pearson and James Crane plays the Pharaoh in the flashbacks. So like you were saying, this was directed by Carl Frond. Um, the costumes were designed by Vera West, even though she's uncredited. And uh, Boris Karloff's makeup was by, um, was by the legendary Jack P. Mm-hmm. Pierce. So you were saying that Carl Frond, this was his first film as yes, a director. Yes. And, um, and yes. then he um, also, this was really before like unionized filmmaking. So um, mm, these yeah. people were worked really poorly. Like they worked some long ass hours and he delivered like, yeah. uh, you know, ahead of schedule and under budget, but people were worked 
really hard on this film. Like it, it was not pleasant no. for people uh, to work. And he really did. Um, it, it's, it sounds like it was apparent even before they started filming that he was not a fan of uh, Zidi Johan. And so he was mm, like, she, she was kind of, as she kind of recalled, was like, he, he was, she knew she was going to be the asshole, like no matter what, she was going to be the scapegoat, <laughs> you know, and be blamed for shit. Yeah. And you know, it actually kind of reminds me of is like how John, what John Huston did to Marilyn Monroe and the Misfits. I'm just saying, I'm just saying like, it's not always <laughs> the star's fault. Like they, but this, this does happen. Um, also reading more into it and kind of knowing what we know now about, just Hollywood and things in general. She was sort of had her, by this point it sort of been billed as a difficult actress and she really didn't stay um. too long in Hollywood and I just but to me it's like reading between the lines I'm like she didn't blow you. So, you know what I mean like cuz I feel like there's <laughs> oh, she already kind of got billed as being like difficult and I think it was like yeah because yeah. she probably like she wasn't maybe she wasn't a casting couch, you know, she wasn't going to literally like get on her knees for you. Who knows? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, I like, could see you know, it. I am. I mean, She's used to being in theater and not having to, like, you know, kowtow to the shit that we've heard about and know about. Like, maybe that's why. I don't know. I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. Because she does come off as very cultured and really strong in this movie. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I guess she's not, like, like super va-va-voom, like, sexy. She's just, she's she looks very lovely. She's very, like, mysterious and... Um, And I thought what was also really interesting is that she um, she was a believer in reincarnation. And so was I want to say so was Boris Carl. Like that was something like spiritualism and sort of reincarnation and stuff was something that some people were believers in. And um, so she was actually down to do this movie because like, you know, she it seemed interesting. Um, But yeah, she knew like from the beginning, she was like, oh, this isn't going to be too great and there are you know there were some tales of like like apparently and i'm sure it's it might even be in the dress that she's wearing that we we were talking about like she was made to stand for two days she wasn't allowed to sit down because they didn't want her to put wrinkles in her dress so i don't oh, know if they gave her one of those like leaning boards we always talk the about slant well, boards, yeah. yeah but it, yeah she wasn't like allowed to sit down um but we also heard no, some similar so stuff fun. about like boris karloff because he he spent like eight hours in makeup for the mummy and like yeah. he didn't get his makeup all on to like 7 p.m. and then started filming around seven. Didn't get done till two in the morning, and then it took like two hours to get everything off. So oh, I mean, the, and the work that went into you know, I was joking like back then when they were doing makeup and all these special effects, they had like five things to work with. It's not like today where yeah. <laughs> you know, and they were experimenting, and he was wrapped in bandages that had been uh, like soaked in acid and baked in an oven to give him this really weird appearance and he does look a lot like um i think it's like ramsey's the third he does have a very mm-hmm. mummy like particularly like a famous one's appearance and um i don't know if we'll talk about this too much but like this was also kind of on the the heels of like uh what is it called egyptomania but it was that craze yeah, for that so. in the 20s yeah, because of, like king mm-hmm. tut's tomb had been discovered in like the in the yep. 20s like and not too far away and it was tw- a huge yeah sensation. 1925 yeah, yeah. so yeah. that's what had been only seven years earlier so it was a huge mm-hmm. big deal and it was funny too because i was thinking about it when you were saying you're obsessed with this movie in the like 80s and 90s mm-hmm. i was like didn't wasn't there like a big risk there was like a big resurgence of King oh, Tut's huge. tomb. Oh, huge. Yeah, well, in the 70s. Again, in the 80s. It, it was in the 70s, he went on tour. Yeah. And it just went on tour again yeah, like a few years ago. Yeah, it was like a whole ago. big thing. And that's when like yeah. Steve Martin did this King Tut routine. It was in the... Yeah. And actually, my mother was pregnant with me when she saw that. And so, in her woo-woo mind, she thinks <laughs> that's why I was so fascinated with Ancient Egypt. Because she was like, well, I did see it when I was pregnant. I saw the King Tut exhibit when I was pregnant with you. <laughs> so, maybe that's how it works. Who knows? Yeah. Um, Maybe. Um, yeah. yeah, so you're right. This was during a whole big Egyptology. And the 20s was rampant mm-hmm. with that sort of like, with that sort of like Egyptian inspired stuff. It was like, it was like Orientalism and Egyptianism. Yes. Like it was all those two like were everywhere. It was sort of like, that's kind of what sort of built the aesthetic of the Art Deco era mm-hmm. as well. You know, so it had that whole vibe. Yep. And if you, you know. take a look at our Pinterest board, we really tried to incorporate um, other, like I found a few pictures of actual like pieces from the 20s that looked like straight up like with Egyptian you know motifs or that revival Mm. on that to sort of also give you a feel for like where you know that inspiration and how it was like something that you saw a lot of which I just think I love it I'm like okay the 1920s in our deco is really amazing and then put Egypt put ancient Egyptian aesthetic on top of that you're just like I mean it's pretty amazing it's so good it's pretty epic (laughs) it's pretty epic 
Like yes, queen. Yes. I love a good. I love a man in a headpiece. Oh my gosh, who doesn't? <laughs> Big beautiful headdress. That's weird. But um, and then and then with this movie because it's like you know it starts in 1921, but then it ends up in 1932. Yeah. And one thing that was really great with you see in this movie is that even though that was big in the 20s, you definitely see this is the 1930s. Like we are already like balls deep in the depression. Like the her evening dress mm. is very long. Nothing's like drop shoulder. Every the hemlines are longer. She's her hair is very much going into that 1930s like finger wave. Like the 20s are gone, you know. And yes. um, yeah. and it's just interesting to know. Like if you look at things from like three years before that, the silhouettes look completely different. And, yeah, um, there was like a whole turn on, like a turn off of like one look and turn on yes, of the other. Like yeah. I thought that was such an interesting. It is very interesting. There was such a, it's really nice too because there's you get um options. You see her in like sort of like uh, suit, skirt suits almost with like coats and like a jacket, like a suit jacket and um a, you know, skirt. And it looks so cute mm-hmm. together the way that they paired it. Like, so it's nice to see the 30s versions of suits yep. and stuff. So. And, um, oh, it's and I was going to tell you another thing I learned when looking at this movie and is that there's a whole because the the theme of reincarnation is kind of touched upon but there was a huge um segment of the movie that was cut for timing that was um Mm -hmm. it reminded me of like when we watch clear day where like she goes through all these different time periods and he explains to her how she has come and gone in these different eras of time and they completely recreate them and they look fabulous but there's no the footage doesn't survive there's only stills and so we tried to include some shots of that from on our pinterest page as well because like he shows that she was in the 18th century and then she was also in the middle ages and then she was in like like um gosh like like what was not like not well roman times and like the dark ages mm-hmm, yeah. and and like it was crazy and all of that got cut um but i wish yeah, they had i was actually surprised when you when you i was so proud i'm surprised when you found those because i because i had read that they were they deleted the the flashback scenes from her alternate sort mm-hmm. of like reincarnated lives that she had lived multiple lives after and i was like dude they really did have they really shot it yeah i didn't realize that it was fully deleted and and there's like i know that in the credits there's a credit for a guy on there i think who's like a soldier or something and we never actually see Mm. that scene because it's been completely deleted but he got credit um so Mm. but it's just it sucks that those those are pieces that are completely gone and we can't see them or put those in because i think that actually when i even reading that and seeing that i was like this makes so much more sense i would have loved to have seen that whole sequence of of all those different eras that she lived in because it also gives yeah. Helen so much more depth. She's not just like, Oh, it does. This, yeah. Like I just, I'm like, this makes so much more sense. It's like, like this. Uh, and it, yeah, I just, I don't know. And even to why, like maybe Zita Johan really wanted to, you know, could like, well, I'll see this through because she lo- like the idea of this reincarnation and yeah, I don't know. It bums me out. Know, yeah. It sounds like that was probably a bigger part of the story prior to them actually filming it. And then yeah. once they got to the editing, they were just like, Oh, this is a little dry. Like they must've thought it didn't. It was really like too long. That much, yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. But, but meanwhile, yeah. like we have these stills of her, she was in a full like 18th century court gown with peignets and this massive wig that must be over like a foot tall. I know it kind of lo- it looks amazing. I just looked at it. I was like, that looks stunning. Yeah, like and, and even the, and then the guy was in Love. full dress as well. And you know she's um like but then even when you go to like her in the Middle Ages, she looks like a princess or she's got like this like literally like a princess cone hat and like ermine trim mm-hmm. dress and you know she's standing up at this throne and you're just like, what the fuck, man? You know like. Dude. <laughs> so i mean i just would have really i would have really appreciated that for sure yeah me too um but say la vie what are you gonna do yep. but no. yeah the movie was great i i mean yeah it's there's a there's a lot of great looks i love um her dress of course you know that we talked about and then um when she goes to visit ardith bay and she loses her dog mm, and then oh they God. try to insinuate yeah. that cats are evil again i was just like this is not actually the way that egyptian no they actually really love cats and they love cats and dogs i just want to <laughs> sidebar that's actually like yeah that i that's like that's the kind of stuff i'm like oh no i don't like you know i don't like the animal cruelty in in the in that part of it but uh um, but I love her suit. I right. love like the, uh, or not suit, I guess it's like a dress, but it's got these gorgeous like, it um, is like a suit offset dress. buttons it's really and they're cool. kind of like different shapes mm. and yeah. But again, full 30s, like the hat, everything, yes, like the silhouette very is very 30s, you know? Yeah. 
Um, I actually was, I kind of love that um, one too, because I felt like the buttons kind of looked like little coffins, (laughs) which I felt was really like, kind of like, even if they didn't do, if they did that on purpose, I was like, good on you. Good on you, Vera West. Like kind of making references to the fact that it was like about the undead. Yeah. It was kind of cool. Um, but then again, I could just be projecting. I don't know. <laughs> oh, but it doesn't matter. That's what's so great is that like you, there's so much to easily speculate about and think about. I'm, I can't tell how many times I'd watch that and just think about like the dress that you we first see her in. It's this beautiful bias cut dress. And to this day, I'm just like, is it gold lame? Is it red? Like it what color is? I don't know. I'm assuming it. Yeah. I'm assuming it must be gold or bronze just to make it feel more, even more kind of like Egyptian-esque, like regal or something to make her feel that, to yeah. give her that kind of like Egyptian goddess kind of vibe. Um, mm-hmm. But that's, you know, um, I actually was, um, I found a couple of things written up, uh, some some random like factoids and stuff so yeah like you were mm-hmm. saying this movie was uh, hot off the heels of um the 1925 unearthing of king tut's tomb mm-hmm. uh so uh but also too is this one there was that whole thing about there was a legend about king tut's tomb where apparently That's anyone right. who found king tut was going to be cursed or and died and a lot of i think there's like you know i'm sure you can watch on the history channel for you know that there's like hundreds of documentaries about how many people died after that and I was like, you know, well, cause like, which people do die. It's, it's funny because it's like it's stuff now. We're like, OK, now we know how that happened. Because like Howard Carter, the yeah. original guy that's credited with it, like they think he died mysteriously. He just he he, he nicked himself Him. shaving and he, he got an infection. Like back then people died. Like people forget yeah, the 20s. Like people yeah. died all the time. There was no penicillin. Yeah, they're like, he died mysteriously. And you're like, because malaria was rampant. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, something similar happened. Like, his brother supposedly mysteriously died. But I think that now, like, there's been some hindsighting <laughs> on that. But yeah. but to what you were saying, though, in the 80s, there were some really great, like, mm. made-for-TV movies made about, like, you know, that were supposed to be, like, 80s but set in the 20s about the curse of King yeah. Tut and all that kind of stuff. So it was definitely very... Um, commercialized you know yeah so it was very been. yeah it was very en vogue too in the 80s and the 20s for like for the sure. egypt to be kind of a thing because yeah i just feel like the 80s and the 20s were so like intertwined in a way that you could almost not even take pick them apart in a way so well like the um, excess <laughs> Yes. Um, another thing to th- um, to note too is is that the screenwriter John L. Balderson, who wrote this, uh, who wrote the initial screenplay for the movie, was um, mm-hmm. actually who wrote the he wrote it um, on the legend of King Ted's tomb and was actually present during the opening of the sarcophagus because he was a reporter for the World Paper in New York. Isn't that so incredible? Something that is kind of weird to think about that he was present during that and then ended up writing the movie that was cut sort of loosely based on it, which I, I just was like that's something worth noting because I just think it's really cool. It's like teeny tiny world, you know, what are you going to do? Well, it's it, well, cause he, 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 he actually, cause the original story that was supposed to be about this guy who like had been living for hundreds of years and he wasn't, he wasn't a mummy. Well, actually he was from Egypt and, but he was supposed to be this like guy who was masking as a magician in San Francisco. Like it had this whole different story. Oh, yeah. And, wow. and what was interesting too, is that the original story was supposed to be about, he was actually, he was this guy and he, he was living, sort of like making himself to live forever um and he was killing any woman who resembled his this woman he lost his, his scorned like his scorned uh, love but in this huh. and so when he yeah and so when the screenwriter like got a hold that was the original story that uh it was actually carl lumley he wanted to develop a story like like a monster story that was kind of along those oh, lines right. you know just another mm-hmm. sort of another thing and um and so it, because like you said because he had this background and let's face it he probably really i mean who wouldn't have had their life changed forever being at the fucking opening of king's yeah, tattoo i mean that's like um, but he, one, yeah he was like lifetime. how about if we make it where he's a mummy and instead of him killing women what if he was trying to bring his love back to life and you know it was like the idea of just of having like the you know so he i love that he right. he not only took it and like made it into like this you know and made him a mummy and this ancient thing but he also made him not woman hating <laughs> he like he's like yeah. let's have to actually make it where he's in love with somebody and he lost yeah. his love and he's a tortured soul because of that and he's trying to yeah. bring her back <laughs> Which is why he makes me misty at the end because you you I feel for I feel bad for for Ardith Bay or M Hotel yeah and uh, yeah so yeah 
and uh, it's like a boy's just trying to find love. I know, right? But <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, like I think that's such a great. Um, I again, just the more we read about this, it's like it has such a great. Um, there's it was the best of times, it was the worst of times making this movie. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah. it was in- it's interesting. I'm also a huge um, Boris Karloff fan. I just he he's like he has this gentle giant gentle culture giant quality to him and i think he's so perfect in that role because he uses his body and his stature in a way that you believe that he is an old mummy (laughs) like you're like oh this makes sense and then the (laughs) other thing i love about this movie too is like um again this is a very early horror and it just really focuses on the story like when there's you don't really see anything like supernatural happen per se well i guess at the end with the statue moves but yeah but i love with like <laughs> and the, and also the uh, coming back to life well th- that that <laughs> but know. i mean before that but when people actually like see the mummy or see him or like actually figure out who he is they literally lose their minds because it's like your mind yes. cannot yes. cannot process cannot the yes. fact that this is happening and i feel like that's right. like the or the first scene where you know the one guy and again i just love showing that battle of like the people who are the researchers and the people who are like there for the glory who want to make the money and he's like you know digging into stuff and he and he basically sort of you know ignites the mummy and i yeah. love that part where he, you know he screams and he just literally loses his mind he just goes like crazy with laughter and because he he, like he he just cannot comprehend that this just happened and it just i know that's actually one of my favorite my favorite parts about the movie too when i first watched i was like that's his reaction was just to start laughing i did not i was like really that's seems an odd choice and then when they cut to the next scene and the um you know um what's his face uh, Joseph Wemple's like or they basically just tell the story of it yeah. and they're they were saying that oh yes he he lost his mind and he went crazy and I was like that makes a lot yeah. more sense though because his reaction to seeing something thousands of years old come back to life what would my reaction be in that right time? especially when the story of some of the mummy had not existed to that point exactly you know the movie didn't exist the not you know those sort of things so it's just actually kind of a it's kind of a genius thought I mean, because there's no there's they nothing even seen king tut right so they're just you yeah know, like, so they're <laughs> just they have no idea that yeah. they're like wait this guy's been like this so unbelievable and of course your mind would snap like that's yeah. such a i think that's such a smart for uh, for a screenwriter and a director to make that choice it's kind of brilliant and and it is um, and it's and when you hear him laugh because it starts very low and creepy. then it gradually <laughs> just goes like you're like you think he's gonna lose his his voice and it's so creepy because you're just like okay i kind of want to laugh but now i don't like at first you're like that's weird and then you're like oh like it just it makes it you're like i think you ruined laughter for me you know like what did did you just do but that's what's so great and there's not not no there's no music it's just complete silence when that happens and it is it is so brilliant. It is so brilliant and suspenseful and um, and haunting. Like it's just so haunting. And all you hear is that little the little white noise. It almost sounds like you're listening to it on a record player, which I love. Yeah. It's weirdly comforting. Um, it's that audio that, track white noise. Yep, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. There was. I did want to talk a little bit about Miss Vera West, the costume. Designer. Please do. So I was doing a little bit of like cursory information. Just wanted to grab some information on her. So she was actually named head costume designer for Universal in 1927. Um, And she apparently um, showed up in Hollywood not too too much earlier than that and was was working on film immediately when she got here. Wow. Um, When she got here. You don't (laughs) live in Hollywood. Come on. Um, Because we're in Hollywood right now. (laughs) I know. The magic of imagination. so she yes so she did start um working in costume like immediately after she um landed in um, la and one of her first gigs was at universal for the man who laughed which was one of the Mm -hmm. first one of the first few um universal monster movies but isn't really considered one of the 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 canon of the the major heavy hitters yeah so 27 she became the head costume designer of um of Universal, and she's credited with almost 400 films. Um, some of the films include many of the Universal classic horror films, uh, such as Dracula in 31, The Mummy in 32, The Black Cat in 34, Bride of Frankenstein in 35, Son of Frankenstein in 39, and The Wolfman in 41. Wow. Uh, so, she, yeah, so she did a lot of those. And then she did also a lot of other sort of like 
film noirs, mm-hmm. glamour movies, those sort of things. So she's done sort of, she runs the gamut, but um, these are the ones that she's kind of most known for in like the zeitgeist sort of, of costuming. So she was born in June of 1898 and died in LA three days before her 49th birthday in 1947. Whoa. So she, so she was found floating in her pool and there were two uh, suicide notes left behind mentioning blackmail. So wow. the death was ruled a suicide and the blackmail was never investigated since her husband insisted that it was a figment of her imagination. Why haven't we I mean, made a movie about this? I know, right? So it's like this whole thing is like all steeped in like mystery and stuff like Whoa. that because like, yeah. That's like LA confidential shit. Pretty Damn. much. So her death was never really investigated much further beyond the fact that they're just like, oh, she killed herself because she was being blackmailed. Then her husband like disappears with all of her money and all of her belongings because she he was the sole beneficiary. Her house gets torn. Her, he sells the house. He tears what? down the house, sells it to a developer where he just builds more houses, and he's just never heard from again. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. All right. I was just like, eyebrow raise much? Hmm. Jeez. Yeah, all the way up into your hairline, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Pretty much. When I read that, I was like, like Jesus Christ, seriously? Wow. That's, not, that's that's a bummer. Yeah. So that's the that's the life of the brief, you know, a, a brief overview of the life of Vera West. Well, so, and it's just so eerie know. too, because it's like, oh, the costume designer for all the horror movies, for the monster uh-huh. movies, who gets killed? Like that's yes. just really super sketch. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, oh. come on. And Anyhow. and nobody's not even like a made for TV movie like a Lifetime. I don't think I don't think Helen so. But there should be Meredith Baxter, Bernie, no. or somebody like you know <laughs> something. <laughs> I could totally see a Lifetime movie made this. Mommy, may I dress the danger? <laughs> <laughs> may I dress the danger? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we can get Tori Spelling to play it, and it'll be oh all like God. really bad 1930s, where it looks like community theater. Oh, <laughs> Love it. Like, Dude. Ooh. Mm-hmm. All right, I'd watch that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Added to cue. <laughs> Wow, that's crazy, oh dude. I know, wow. right? I have never heard of that either. And two, it's like, it's so, it's such an interesting and yet compelling story. Like, this was, hmm. in fact, ooky and spooky. And that's very like, ooky and spooky. And a little note. dookie. <laughs> You're a like, dookie. side note, it's about to get real weird. <laughs> like, yeah. <what> <laughs> <laughs> wow. I know, right? Dude, I I would I want to. When I told you it was ooky spooky and dookie, I know, man, you delivered the goods (laughs) for real. (laughs) Pretty much. So, did you want me to talk about the storyline on this movie? Yeah, please do. Okay, so the mummy. Picture it, 1921, the deserts of Egypt. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now don't get too gay with the Vestal Virgins uh, in the temple. uh, Yes. (laughs) Apparently. <laughs> so a side note, Ryan and I have um, run out of things to watch on Hulu. So we're just rewatching Golden Girls. Oh, that, <laughs> from that's the beginning. Okay. We've, ar- that's, it's we've just already like seen you're it. You're just so. rounding yourself is what you are. It's perfect. Yeah. You know, with the change of the weather. I can't think of yes. something better to watch when you're trying to combat seasonal affective disorder than Golden Girls. <laughs> I mean, it's in Miami. <laughs> Pretend you have a lone eye. It's all good. Yeah, it's great. Um, So, uh, picture it. 1921, (laughs) the deserts of Egypt. So, a British expedition turns up um, the tomb of Imhotep, um, Boris Karloff. Um, The dig is led by Sir Joseph Wemple, played by Arthur Byron. Uh, His buddy, Dr. Muller, Edward von Sloan, inspects the mummy and realizes that the corpse wasn't embalmed and prepared like a standard body. Uh, This leads him to deduce that Imhotep um, was wrapped and buried alive. Ookie spooky and a dookie. Definitely. Oh, he probably went dookie <laughs> and his bandages. <laughs> oh my god. Also, um, in the tomb is a little smaller box that has a curse written on it. Are you still talking? <laughs> laughing? <laughs> I'm sorry. I got the giggles now. I just keep thinking about him laying there in the bandages and getting the Hershey squirts. <laughs> just cute. <laughs> Well, Dookie achieved. <laughs> Carry on. 
<laughs> we need like a sneeze button, laugh button, whatever. <laughs> anyway. Oh my god! Just oh. <laughs> <laughs> like he's not concerned with the fact that he's been buried alive. All he's concerned with is the fact that he's shitting himself over and over again. <laughs> it smells terrible in here. <laughs> Way to clear a tomb, oh. boat. <laughs> <laughs> No joke, there is nothing funnier though when you're watching a boring movie and it's a really quiet scene and someone walks across the screen and you just you're just like <laughs> Dude, okay. So I just to make fart noises during called me at work one day and was like, Hey, hey, and she never calls me, right? So I'm just like, Oh god, you know and I'm at my desk and she's like, Hey, hey, are you okay? Okay. I'm like, Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. What's up? Can you talk? Oh yeah, I'm cool, cool. Yeah, what's up? She just goes, and I'm like, seriously? And then I can hear her laughing and all of her coworkers laughing. And she's like, that's all. And then just hang up. I'm like, dude, really? I was like 38 at the time. I'm like, okay, well, I love you. <laughs> like, But see, that's what you do. That's how you. Way to be an adult. Siblings. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> As one uh. professional to another, Philip. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> anyway so anywho so <laughs> included in Imhotep's tomb was a smaller box that has a curse written on it warning anyone not to open it um so Wemple's assistant Norton played by Bramwell Fletcher mm-hmm. ignores the warning and opens it anyhow and he reads the life-giving scroll of Thoth in air quotes um so he reads it aloud causing Imhotep um to come back to life and leisurely stroll out of the room grabbing the scroll on his way out the unbelievable sight drives norton insane <laughs> do you like the way that i'm reading this because it's very ooky spooky yeah i'm ooky. loving it it's very <laughs> yeah. it's yeah it's painting a picture <laughs> old universal full fantasy <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 10 years later <laughs> Now you're going to start sounding like Boris Karloff. I know. Um, (laughs) Ten years later, Wemple's son Frank, played by David Manners, continues the family business along with his buddy Professor Pearson, played by Leonard Maudie. Um, Did I say that right? Leonard Maudie? That can't be right. Um, oh yeah, Muddy, M-U-D-I-E. Um, they are packing up and about to leave Egypt empty-handed when a mysterious raisin-faced dude named Ardeth Bay um, comes to tell them where to dig. This is clearly, to the, um, to the audience, this is clearly Imhotep. Mm-hmm. So they find the tube of Princess... Ankh-Ed and Amon. Had to write that down. Ankh and Amun. There you go. You nailed nailed it. (laughs) So. (laughs) Ankh-Namen. So um, this mumass and all of the artifacts are taken to the Cairo Museum for display. So. Imhotep goes to work trying to resurrect his lady love with the scroll, which um, enchants um, Helen Grosvenor, played by Zita Johan, across town. So it turns out that she is a a reincarnation of Mrs. Imhotep. So hypnotized, she goes to the museum and tries to get the closed building, tries to get into the closed building, but faints outside um, where she is found by Frank and his father, Joseph Wemple. So they take her back to their place, where she is muttering in ancient Egypt. The young Frank begins to fall in love with Helen. Um, Dr. Muller re-enters the picture when one of the museum's guards is killed, and they find the scroll left behind at the crime scene. So things get fishy, and the gang's gonna scooby-doo this situation. <laughs> so Daddy Wemple and Dr. Muller are seeing the, um, seeing the reach of the curse spreading to Helen and Frank. So Imhotep also shows up and rehypnotizes Helen. They confront Imhotep knowing that he is the mummy and demands his, uh, the scroll back. Or sorry. So they confront Imhotep knowing that he's the mummy. And Imhotep demands his scroll back uh, with, the fre- with the threat of death. So... Uh, later, while trying to destroy the skull, um, Daddy Wemple is killed <laughs> remotely by Imhotep. Uh, his manservant, who is under the mummy spell, makes it look like the scroll has been burned, to, um, and he takes the scroll back to Imhotep. So Dr. Muller and Frank f- 
um, fall for the ruse initially, but then realize it was just a trick. Um, they must find a way to destroy Imhotep. Um, so Imhotep calls Helen to him. She doesn't. He doesn't just call her on the phone. He's not like, hey, girl. <laughs> Hey, Queen. <laughs> hey, Queen. <laughs> what you doing? <laughs> so Emotep calls Helen, <laughs> calls Helen, <laughs> Helen to him again, where he shows her um, how they both came to be. So he turns on his little, um, he turns on the TV, which is basically a little pool that shows all the history to them. It's really nice. Um, so his... Uh, so it turns out she was a princess and in love with um and his love in ancient Egypt, but she died, and he attempted to use the scroll to bring her back to life. Um, he is discovered by his father, the king, and is punished by being put to death for using the unholy spell. So he and the scroll were buried um in a cursed unmarked tomb. Um, but before they could be reunited, he must kill the love that is forming between Frank and her, since that could break his spell. So, back at her hotel, <laughs> Frank tries to guard Helen, which, when he removes his lucky Isis charm, Imhotep is able to remotely kill him as well. Um, he grabs the charm in time before he dies, and Helen, hypnotized, goes to Imhotep back at the museum. So in full Egyptian drag, she wakes up <laughs> with Imhotep explaining his plan that he must sacrifice Helen to bring back the, his original lady love. So Frank and the doctor arrive at the museum in time to break the hypnosis over Helen. Imhotep holds them off while Helen pleads to the goddess Isis to end this and save her life. The statue destroys the scroll of Thoth. Um, which breaks the spell and causes Imhotep to crumble to dust. Helen is brought back to life by Frank's pleas of love. The <laughs> end. This has been a universal picture. <laughs> a picture. <laughs> well, so that's good the night. Film. <laughs> good night. <laughs> um, Kathleen, what was... We had already talked about the um, the bias cut gown in the beginning of the film. So what is that your favorite look from this movie? Or did you have other things that you wanted to highlight? Well, I mean, I guess, I, honestly, it is my favorite look from this movie. Just because it was something that, for me, was like... In, in, my, in terms of my own love of like sewing and costume design and making and learning, um, it, it really was like a gateway costume for me. Mm -hmm. Which, even though it wasn't like... You know, again, it wasn't bedecked in jewels or, you know, had some like historical silhouette per se, but it just, I was obsessed with the cut and the fall. Like it, it really truly made me want to research and learn how to, you know, cut clothes on the, and, you know, clothes cut on the bias. And, yeah. and that is and just to let anyone, you know, who doesn't so know, cutting and making clothes on the bias is very difficult. That is like, yes, it takes a lot of skill. It's difficult. <laughs> you will. It can be, um, it's a cruel mistress, the bias. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but at the same time, when you master it and make something with it, it is haunting, just like this dress. So, yes. um, and I think, I just think she looks absolutely beautiful to me. She's just the epitome of, like, 1930s glamour. She's her character. She she has a, a, a sort of a slightly Egyptian vibe to her. She's not wearing super flashy, blingy jewelry. Um, she definitely no. has that very... Um, sort of like soft but strong 1930s makeup and face um yeah. and uh and then the lighting in this movie is so amazing i mean um, the lighting in this movie just, with the way that they light yeah. boris karloff too is like and that's so that director awesome. you know so being good, a cinematographer yeah. like lighting was his jam yeah. you know and he was actually was so we didn't cool. mention this though but he was the cinematographer on dracula as that's well. right yes so that was his yeah. one of his early gigs and but then lighting he those eyes on. yeah he, he, mean, and he brilliant. did that like in with when he did boris karloff's eyes like you know we all know like when like when you see his face and it glows uh mm -hmm. like when he's ardeth bay um he did that with uh baby baby spotlights he put them oh. right in his fucking eyes and then dimmed Oof. the lights as he did it and it looks amazing you know i mean yeah. it's so simple but it it does so much and it let's face it sets the gold standard for that kind of style and um just doing that kind of work um but yeah that i guess that would be my favorite that being said i mean who doesn't love her amazing uh, priestess outfit that she has. I mean, her, around. I mean, her Egypt drag is yeah. spectacular. Like and it's all the, like yeah. halter top. It's like, yes. <laughs> 
Is that your favorite? Or <laughs> yeah, your, totally. Because yeah. she's got like she's got like her little winged headpiece. It's very yes. Cleopatra. And her she's sandals. got a wig. Oh, I love yes. them. There's like and she's got like this wig that's all um you know like mm-hmm. with little spit curls in the front and like giant like spit girl bangs and like big beautiful like curls down the side. Which I just love the fact that Imhotep was like, honey, we're gonna have to put you in wardrobe, oh, I know. and I'm gonna get exactly. a nice wig for you. He likes. Tr- Total, he really does it up for her. priestess yeah and, so they, and they really do re- like make a point to say that she was a priestess and she says like mm-hmm. i'm a priestess of isis which you know again fast and loose i love that yeah. like that that no that was a thing then she would have been considered very sacred and like what they were trying to portray because they were sort of like the vestal virgin sort of thing like they didn't right, yeah. you know um these were kind of untouchable people they weren't they were considered more than human and um the thing about in Imhotep, actually as a he was a real person in egypt and far from being a exiled person he was actually the architect for the um the pyramids oh wow he was the only egyptian besides pharaohs because when pharaohs died they were made gods when he died he was made a god like he was a big time like person like he he was sort of like um but you know he wasn't royalty but he went on to become a great things and sort of died like a royal person um and i just um ang sanamen ang Son Anun, um, it's that's actually that was also a real person, that huh. was King Tut's wife or oh. partner I, when he died. So they did try to again that writer you were talking about. I he really did try to pull and and pull in some things uh, as best he could, uh, and I think it, again. I mean, if you th- under if you think about it, like this is ama- this movie's amazing. Like it's just yeah. it's really great, really wonderful storytelling, and if anything, it it. it I can't. I'm sure I'm. I'm not the only one that it inspires you to want to learn more about Egypt. You, you yeah. want to, even if you weren't, if you weren't into it before. I don't know how you're not into it after this movie. Like you just want to read more, whether it's about the King Tut excavation, whether it's about how they lived, whether it's about spirituality or reincarnation. It's just the movie is very haunting. It really makes it's you really think, cool. You know? It's really really cool. And I gotta say that I really like. There's a couple of photos of um of. Boris Karloff when he's dressed as Imhotep like back in the day like mm-hmm. before when he's like in the I guess in the flashback scenes Those and he's the, wearing yeah. this like beautiful he's wearing this beautiful headpiece and he's got like a leopard skin across his body which is clearly mm-hmm. real leopard again skin. such a bummer these like, were cut because we could have seen yeah. well who this he one was, was this was know? part of the scenes where he what what which wasn't cut actually this is him oh, as an Egyptian and quickly, it's like yeah. it's yeah. really cool just to see the way that they put in the the Egyptian even the Egyptian scenes they did a really good job of like mm-hmm. making these look sort of like graphic and flat looking so it feels very much like you would see in like paintings from that time period and stuff so it, it's interesting I'm sure they had no idea like any of the symbolism or anything like that they might not have actually researched that fully and used those mm-hmm. properly but I think that they did a really good job of like making it look like that and I think that that's a little bit of the charm of this movie too is yes. there's a little bit of like naive, naivete on it as mm-hmm. well which I think is really cool it makes it something it's I just don't know, raw talent and creativity it, yeah, <laughs> and it just makes it just this. I lo- I actually really enjoyed this movie for the fact that it felt like an old, early, early Hollywood movie, and I kind of mm-hmm. love the charm of that. Like I even do too. the even the opening sequence of the Mummy, where it like where it's li- you can it tell it looks like a little hand painted sign that says it, like it, Egypt, nineteen twenty one. Yeah, but even yeah. like the Mummy, it like comes up and it's like the Mummy, and it yes. like and it's like clearly they had made like they had built like a tiny little pyramid, and lo- the Mummy is like oh, yeah. made He's out like of rocks on a and stuff, on a and it's on it clearly on a turntable, and you're just I just lost my mind. I was like, I am already on board for this just because <laughs> it's like, it's like whoosh and you're, it's yep. so charming. And so I don't early, early thirties, like just them being like that we don't have, there's no prototype to go against. No. There's no rules. So they They're had to make own. it up and they, yeah. Yeah. and it just felt so, I don't know, like comfortingly primitive in a way that's just kind of fun. I just loved it so much. I really did. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree yeah. with you. I feel like even like, you know, we were talking about like even the way people die in this movie. No, they don't explode like nothing. They don't really die creatively. Like they either gripped by their heart stopping for mm-hmm. through telekinesis or they literally yeah. go fucking insane. Like they just yes. go insane <laughs> because they cannot handle the reality of something coming back to life. And because it was like, you know, because that's like to me, I was thinking that too. I'm like, yeah, this is how you'd probably be like, well, we've never, what would that? Well, I guess he would just go crazy. You know, like, like what would you do? Yeah. It. 
you know you wouldn't like kind of be like oh my god okay yeah let's fight the mummy no you're like no what am i what no no really like well how would that happen in reality you wouldn't just go like oh wow that dead person's real now anyway let's finally be like i can't my mom like i literally need to go like like into into a mental asylum right now like i cannot (laughs) handle what is going on it'd be like if you know stephen king's it was real you know you're just like yeah, I, I I literally need to go be hospitalized. You're like not, I'm having I'm a nervous breakdown. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I see clowns. Break. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um. So, and I also loved. I, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed the way that they dressed. Um. You know, uh, Emotep when he was in disguise, like in the present day. Oh, 20, in Art of Bay. Um, Art yeah. of Bay. Yeah. I don't know why I can't remember that name to save my life. Um. Well, so, you haven't watched the movie like a hundred and fifty times, like I have. It's okay. You'll get there. So You'll when there. he was Art of Bay, all of his costumes were also really cool because they were all kind of like period, mm-hmm. like kind of he Egyptian has, like, the inspired. Fez hat he, the fez. And, yeah. When he was in a fez, I was like, boy, I need to get a fez like those look so fun to wear <laughs> like i yep. don't know why and he's, got, he's got like the long i guess it's like a ca- really a caftan but it's like it's fitted very and, it's like a fitted um, caft what what yeah. a caftan would have been like what what a real caftan actually a real is. caftan like, yeah because they're had, like more, a standing collar yes. and yoke and like the whole yeah. deal and wonderful um, and i also loved that, what he was wearing sorry what no, I just because it has like the layered. It's like almost like a layered like mock turtleneck under uh, with like the yes. caftan over it with like the deep U shape. So it has like a print underneath. It was a very like subtle and and I don't know, just the way that it was done was very kind of cool, but graphic and interesting. The way that no, they I, them. I loved it too, and I loved um, because he's wearing. And I also noticed too, like the lower half, like they give him, like especially when Helen goes to visit him, and he's sort of like in his in his own home he's almost mm-hmm. got like a loungy version of it where he's wearing like this belt that totally looks like they tried to emulate like an egyptian hieroglyph you know oh what I, mean? I remember got, like, that belt that belt was like so cool it was almost like was a piece so cool. that kind of hanged yeah. off the front it was really, yeah and because I love he's that. so tall and slim he just yeah. and he's so dignified like and the mm-hmm. way he moved he moved very kind of slowly deliberately and formally and yes. it just really added to like your your mind your imagination's already like producing everything without them having to do anything yeah. and i just i love it i just i love boris karloff so much he's just <laughs> he's so cool he's just uh, you know yeah Aww. yeah but this movie is great it's i, I know and then I guess we should also just say, you know, just a great shout out too to like all the men's uh, wonderful tuxedos, like all the evening oh, wear and the men's suits. My because, God. Um, you know, this was still the time when like men fully dressed, like even out in the desert, they had these collared shirts. And I love where they show like the um, sort of like that desert gear that like oh, British yeah. people would wear, where it's like linen jodhpurs and the, That's you know, my and, like favorite the camp thing. shirts. Oh, and stuff. I could yeah. not <laughs> help but immediately think of that episode of Thrilling Adventure Hour when, um, when Beyond Belief, they go to Egypt, when Frank and Sadie yes. go to Beyond Belief, and he's like, I've got my pithiest, <laughs> my pithiest of helmets. And he's, he's like, we've come to this Band-Aid colored land. <laughs> so I good. Love that episode. <laughs> It's like the kittens are very buzzing me here. <laughs> yeah, but so yeah, I, I love that. Like, yeah, and this this movie really only touches on it, and but but that whole uh, like um, British in Egypt aesthetic of like yes. what they would wear, like that desert wear that was kind of in the teens and twenties mm. that that was developed for people when they were you know because it's like serious excavation was happening there and mm-hmm. people were learning and you know you know men and women both were going over there to learn about uh, archaeology and egyptology and stuff and so you just it there's a whole that whole style which i mean i'm not gonna lie the first mummy is actually kind of good the one with brendan fraser okay? oh yeah like that one one's in really good that and one like, actually i feel like up. you do a great job with her like the costuming in there really shows that so yeah that one does hold up I'm oh it saying. really does hold he's up. so cute in that movie oh, yeah he's so he is <laughs> r.i.p brendan fraser I know. <laughs> you are terrible muriel terrible <laughs> Yeah, he's not dead, guys. Um, anywho, <laughs> was there anything else we wanted to cover in this wonderful film before we mosey Gosh. on out of here? I guess that's it. I mean, this was, again, not there weren't like a ton of looks, but what was in no, here. No, but they just, were we wonderful. We had so many talking points. Yeah, and so much to discuss and wonderful and to gush about. So really two thumbs up to this movie you guys really mm-hmm. check it out it's on amazon the quality i thought i thought was really that was really great. good yeah the uh, very clear really but with that still with that little light crackle of white noise yes. where you just know you're watching an old movie but the sound was still very good like 
I don't think I ever remember being able to hear in the beginning of the movie him muttering the uh the, oh, yeah. the, the curse. I had never heard that until I heard it on Amazon. Like so there's definitely the sound quality is way better than anything I had before like that was on VHS or whatever. So um and just the the crispness of the black and white is really great. Yeah. Um, which again you get to see just even better you can really see how gorgeous her looks are and her like priestess outfit and everything so yeah, yeah. um also too i know tcm is going to be doing is going to start gearing up their um you Ooh. know their halloween themed um, movies so they're going to be doing all the horror films of course and they're going to be doing i'm sure they're going to be screening this so i'll make sure to keep an eye mm-hmm. out of it and i'm gonna i'll post it on social media when i see the time that it's going to come up and speaking of social media uh, yes <laughs> Slip slide right into our social media plugs. All right, so <laughs> you can hit us up over on um, Instagram at Old Hollywood Realness, Twitter at OHR Podcast, Facebook. You can hit our page, um, hit up our page, Old Hollywood Realness, which we now have fif- over fifteen hundred likes on the Facebook Dude, page. That is so awesome! Like, cool. I can't Thanks, even handle you guys. that. Um, this is great. And if you'd like to interact with other people who listen to the podcast, you can always hit up the um, the page. Um, um, ohr podcast darlings that's old hum um, d-a-h-l-i-n-g-s so just look that up and <laughs> it's a sort of request to join and i can i'll definitely approve anybody who asks so it's Still that way not let anybody in it's not it's not <laughs> studio 54 um <laughs> Yeah, so it's a great place for other fans of the podcast and other fans of old Hollywood old Hollywood movies to sort of get together, you know, to just post stuff and talk about the movies, talk about, you know, anything that they want to, you know, share fun stories from their from the history and how they came to, you know, love old movies. It's been actually really fun mm-hmm. to interact with everybody. Um, email us, oldhollywoodrealness at gmail.com. Hit up That's the right. website because we'll have links to the um, Pinterest page, which mm-hmm. will show all the looks from the from the show. Um, give us five star rating over on iTunes and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. Can't wait to read more of those on the air. Yes. Um, and gotta thank Hal Lublin for his uh, vocal talents at the beginning of the podcast. Other than that, I want to thank you for listening to Old Hollywood Realness. Mwahahaha. Ookie spooky dookie. Bye. <laughs>